This sermon is brought to you by Shofar Christian Church. We hope that you will be blessed by this message. Our audio and video sermons are also available on Shofar TV to download and share. Thank you very much, Galelua. Good morning, church. How are we doing this morning? Are you, are you well? Are you okay? Amen. So good to be here. Uh, the Bible says, he in the book of Psalms, that he who shut his ears to the cry of the poor, he too will cry, and nobody will hear him, or he will not be heard. We are so grateful to uh, Hester and Alistair and the leadership of the church and the whole church as well for your generosity. On the 15th of December, uh, we had an event where we aimed at giving 100 food parcels to 100 families uh, in Guazakele and the surrounding areas. And you guys were one of the churches that really donated uh, money and, and, and some clothes as well. We managed to raise about 110 food parcels, uh, each parcel worth about 300 rand, and some of the clothes that you guys have given unto us. So as a church in Guazakele, we just want to say to you, thank you very much for opening your heart and for giving abundantly to those that are in need. May also the Lord hear your cries when you cry for help. Amen. So I just want to honor as well uh, the pastors of this church, uh, Alista and Hester. They are very wonderful people, good friends of mine. We pray together every week. Every Tuesday we come together. Sometimes we pray here. The other time we pray in, at our church in Kwasakele. The other time we pray uh, just behind you guys here at, at the offices of Connect Life. And sometimes we pray in Woma at the Church of um, uh, Joy to the Nations. So I met Alista there, and sometime later we had coffee and even met his wife, Hester. Wonderful leaders and wonderful couple. And I just want to honor them for the opportunity and the privilege uh, to preach in their pulpit this morning. It is something that I don't take it lightly. It is not easy nowadays to trust anyone with your pulpit because there is a lot that is going wrong in the body of Christ today. Amen. Let me just make a short intro about myself. I am Elijah. My surname is Tiso. Originally, I'm from East London. Uh, by the grace of God, I'm leading a church called Every Nation God Embassy that is in Kwasakel. Married to a wonderful lady, we are going to celebrate very soon in a month's time, 20 year anniversary. Uh, her name is Samantha Zotwatiso. She could not be here today because she's preaching in our church in Kwazakele. Otherwise, she would have loved to be here with us this morning. Amen. Uh, let us now go to the word of God. Uh, in the book of 2 Corinthians, I think the chapter is number 8. 2 Corinthians chapter number, number 8. 
Wow. Yes, 2 Corinthians chapter number 8. We are going to be reading from verse number 1 to verse number 5. And also we'll touch the book of Revelation chapter number 5. The verse is number 6. My message this morning or the theme of my message this morning is living a Christ-centered life. Living a Christ-centered life. It says in, in 2 Corinthians chapter number 8, verse 1 to verse number 5. And now, brothers and sisters, we want you to know about the grace that God has given the Macedonian churches. In the midst of a very severe trial, their overflowing joy and their extreme poverty welled up in rich generosity. For I testify that they gave as much as they were able and even beyond their abilities, entirely on their own. They urgently pleaded with us for the privilege of sharing in the service to the Lord's people. And they exceeded our expectation. They gave themselves first of all to the Lord. And then by the will of God, they gave to us. May we also go to Revelation chapter number 5, verse number 6. We are coming back to the book of Second Corinthians. Revelation chapter number 5, verse number 6. Then I saw a lamb looking as if it has been slain, standing at the center of the throne, and cycled by four living creatures and elders. The lamb had seven horns and seven eyes, which are seven spirits of God sent out into the earth. Hallelujah. We live in times, family, where a lot of people they think that Jesus alone, it is not enough. It is either it is Jesus plus something equal to the results they want. It is Jesus plus perhaps anointing oil. It is Jesus perhaps plus a salt. It is Jesus perhaps plus uh, anointing water. But there is something that is always additional to Jesus nowadays. But I want to preach this morning on a message that says, living a Christ-centered life. For me, Jesus plus nothing is equal to everything. Because Jesus alone is enough. He is the source of everything that anyone would need in life. Therefore, apart from him, we need absolutely nothing else for he alone is enough now in the book of second corinthians chapter number eight verse one and verse number five paul is talking about the generosity of the churches that were located in an area called macedonia so every end of the week there was an offering that was collected from churches. And Paul was not expecting much from the Macedonian churches because they were poor. They were facing severe trials. 
They did not have much to offer. But when the offering was brought, the eldership of the church and Paul in Jerusalem, they were so amazed and so surprised at how much the Macedonian church is collected. And Paul said, in the midst of their severe trial, they gave much more than they were able to give. He said they expected our expectation. And Paul is analyzing them. He says, but the reason why they did that, it is because they offered themselves to the Lord first. They gave themselves to the Lord first. When your life has been given to God, everything else that your life produces belongs to him. You have no problem in giving to God what we have. If your life on its own has been given unto him. So he said they gave first themselves to God. And later on they gave unto us as we needed. So what is to live or how can we live a Christ-centered life? John is having visions in the island of Patmos after being persecuted and having his eyes gorged out. The enemy removed his physical eyes that he could not see what was in front of him. But they forgot that he has the spiritual eyes too. Now God was giving him visions where he saw the old earth and the old heaven disappearing and the new one coming. And then amongst the visions that he saw, he said, when I looked up, I saw the lamb looking as if it was slain. And he was sitting at the center of the throne, surrounded by the elders. So Jesus is the lamb that looked like he was slain in that vision. And he was not in front of the throne. He was not at the side of the throne. He was not behind the throne. But according to the vision of John, he was at the center of the throne. So if Jesus is at the center of the throne in heaven, for sure he must be at the center of our lives. He must be at the center of our marriages. He must be at the center of our careers. He must be at the center of our families. He must be at the center of everything that we do in our lives. And that's why I believe Jesus plus nothing else is equal to everything in the life of a believer. Amen? So, there are so many things that are competing with Jesus at the center of our lives. So many. For some, it can be your spouse. For others, it can be your siblings. For others, it can be your child. For others, it can be your finances. Others, it can be your career that is competing with Jesus at the center of your life. I want us as we begin the year 2024, we are just at the second Sunday of this year. I want us to do an introspection and look deep inside of us to find out if there's anything or anyone that is really taking the place of Jesus in your life. 
Could it be your finances? Could it be your career? Could it be your family? Could it be your church? Could it be your position? Could it be your role at work that is occupying the place that is supposed to be occupied by Jesus? He must be at the center of your life. Otherwise, the center will not hold. Marriages are crumbling. Businesses are falling. Families are being destroyed. Children are being rebellious. Because Christ has not been enthroned at the center of people's heart. In everything that we do, we need to understand that we are living for Christ and for nobody else. Amen? Amen. So today, I want us to look at the four things or four elements that help me to understand what is living a Christ-centered life look like. When a person says, I am a Christocentric Christian, that means I have Christ right at the center of everything that I do. What are, what are we talking about? What are we meaning when we say Christ has to be at the center of your life as a believer? This is what we mean. Number one, we need to know that Christ is the source. The source of everything that we need. Amen? It begins with realizing that the source of everything that we are and the source of everything we have is Christ. This church gave beyond the expectation of the apostles. They gave beyond what they could give. Why? Because they understood very well that the little that we have, it is not coming from us, but it is coming from God. For he is the source of everything that we have. I want us to live our lives in 2024, knowing that Christ is the source of even the air that you breathe every day. He is the source of even the water that you drink every day. The life that you have, you don't have it because of your good medical aid or because of your intelligence. You have it because Christ is the source of it all. He is the source of it all. He created us, so he owns us. He gifted us with talents, and he is the author of our lives. That Jesus. None of you here have gifted yourself. You can be a good singer. You can be a good songwriter. You can be a good soccer player. You can be very good in mathematics. You can even be very good at your workplace. Never be deceived by thinking that you have that because you have good genes or you are coming from a good family. No, you were gifted by him. He is the source of everything. At my age, when I got married, I was 23 years and my wife was 18 years. And my father and mother were present at our wedding and they looked at us and, and they said, but we don't approve of this wedding because these kids are still very young. And we married at the year my dad and my mom were divorcing. 
And we had to go through difficult things in marriage because we were still young. And now people don't believe that in, 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 in a month's time, we will be 20 years together. No separation, nothing. Since 2004, God has kept us together. It is not because we are very good people. It is because the grace of God has sustained us over the last 20 years. It is not because we are wise or we are clever. We have our fights. We have our arguments. We have our disagreement almost every day. Yeah, our misunderstanding almost every day. But it is the Lord that has kept us together. And we believe that he will keep us together for the next 20 years. Because we know that he is the source of everything that we have. When Christ is at the center of your life, you actually own nothing. He owns everything. He owns your car. He owns your children. He owns your marriage. He owns your finances. He owns everything that you have. Why? Because he is at the center of your life. Every blessing comes from him. Christ is the source of our daily righteousness. We have no internal desire or moral ability to live up to live up to biblical standards on our own. Hallelujah. No matter how good I want to be, but I have no ability on my own to be good or to live a righteous life. No matter how religious you are, you are just a sinner. You will always make mistakes, no matter how old you are or how long you are in church. But you have no ability whatsoever to live a righteous life. We live that life by his grace. He's the one that helps us. He's the one that sustains us. He is the source of our righteousness. Amen. He is that source. But in Christ, we have everything that we need for godly living. I want to live a godly life. I want this year to walk with God. You know, there's a, there's a man in the Bible. The Bible doesn't mention much about him. His, his, his name is Enoch. But the Bible says when Enoch was 65 years, he started to walk with God. And when Enoch was about 300 years, he got married and had children. And the Bible says he was still walking with God. When he died, he was over 600 years. And the Bible says he walked with God. Now, walking with with God does not literally mean God is always next to you wherever you go, but it means you reach a place where your relationship is deeper in Christ. You've got intimacy with him. The Bible says the deep calleth unto the deep. The deeper you are in Christ, the deeper he reveals himself to you. That is to walk with God. May in this year, 2024, may we walk with him. Him being at the very center of our lives. Let him be at the center of your marriage. Let it be at the center of your finances. Let it be at the center of your business. At the center of everything that you do. Let Christ be the Lord. Let him be the king 
the ruler, the master of everything that you do. And I'm telling you, you will not go wrong. Number two, when we talk about Christ being at the center, we talk about motives. What motivates us to walk with God? We talk about motives. What is the motivation for everything that you do as a Christian? Christocentric means Christ is the motivation for everything we think, say, or do. That means the self dies and now lives for the glory of Christ. Amen? When Christ is at the center of your life, now life is no longer about you. You are no longer living for yourself, but you are living for Christ. It's about Him. The glory belongs to Him. The glory is given unto Him. So everything that you do, everything that you achieve in life, you always give back the glory to Christ. Let Him and Him alone be glorified. Be glorified. Your Christianity or your walk with God becomes intimate and personal with him. Now the question is, do you want to know Christ? Do you want to be part of his work? Do you want to please him? Do you want to have his character? A Christ-centered life is deeply intimate and motivated by the relationship with the Lord. Amen? A Christ-centered life is deeply intimate and it is motivated by our relationship with God. If there's anything that we must achieve this year, we must achieve an intimacy with God. We must be very close. We must walk closely with Him, be in a very close relationship with God. Number three, the goals. A Christocentric life has one ultimate goal that Jesus gets the glory. Hallelujah. Everything that I do, everything I want to achieve, I have to make sure that the goal, the end goal of everything is Christ being glorified. I want to glorify Christ. I want to live a very good marriage because I want to glorify Christ. Hallelujah. That's the end goal. You know, I've got these two guys, Abbas, Abbas and I'm, um, 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 Nicholas, no, no, Chanel, and I only took two of them. They are about eight. All of them were drug addicts in Guasakel. Some of them, were, they even suffered in the hands of uh, the community as a mob justice because they were breaking people's homes. This one recently came from prison, beaten by the community for stealing in their homes. And we have them there in the church. We are walking with them in this journey of Christianity, teaching them how to be responsible young men and how to live their lives for Christ. 
Now we've got people who are just walking in the church and say, no, I just come to this church because I know that young man, he was like this and like this and like this. Now I see him coming to church on, on, on a daily basis. I just want to come and see what are you doing with this young man. And I said to them, we are doing nothing with them. We are not giving them anything. We are not a, 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 a rehab center. We are just a church. All that we are giving to them is Christ. Nothing else. Where there is no secret. There is not. Is Christ. We teach them how to pray. We teach them how to read the Bible, study the Bible. We teach them how to become responsible young men in community and in society. Amen? What is our end goal? Our end goal is not to receive praise. Our end goal is for Christ to be glorified through their lives. We want to see one day them getting married. We want to see them one day owning businesses and working. We want to see them one day preaching the gospel. And everything has to go back to Jesus being glorified. So when you live a, a Christ-centered life, nothing is about you. Everything is about him. Your motive, what motivates you is Christ. The end goal of everything you want to achieve, I want to build a very successful business. I want to do it because Christ must be glorified in the marketplace. I want to do well in my studies. I want to achieve my honors and my masters so that at the end of the day, Christ will be glorified. The end goal is him being glorified. It is not wrong to pursue personal goals, but the glory of Christ is the orienting compass that gives us direction. Because we want Christ to be known we want Christ to be honored. We want Christ to be worshipped and we want him to be obeyed. So we submit every other attainable goal to him. Our decisions are no longer controlled by self-desire, but by a new desire we get from his love. Number four and the last before I sit down, our hope is in Christ. When Christ is at the center of our lives, then we have our hope in him. Our hope is not with the lawyers. We thank God for uh, the lawyers. Our hope is not with the doctors. We thank God for doctors. Our hope is not with the teachers. We thank God for people in the education sector. But our hope is in Christ. Our hope is not in the government. Even if we change the current government and the new one comes... Nothing will change. Nothing will change. Nothing will change at all. So our hope is not with the government. Our hope is not with the president. Our hope is not with any political party. Our hope comes from Christ and Christ alone. Christ-centered life is more than a ticket out of hell. It promises us hope in the here and in the now. Because Christ has promised us his presence and his grace is always with us. But a big question is, is our lives, is my life and your life Christ-centered? Is Christ the source of everything that you want and that you have in life? 
Is he the motivation for everything that you do? Is his glory your end goal in life? Is Christ your hope both for today and for eternity? And a lot in life compete with, compete with the center stage. Compete with Christ at the center stage of our lives. Amen. A Christocentric life is one that put Christ at the center of everything. We believe in his lordship. We believe that he's our master. He's our ruler. He's our lord. He's our leader. He's our maker. He's everything to us. That is Christ. And therefore, we always yield to his leadership. You know, it's something very important to God called obedience. Obedience is the love language of Christ. When we obey him, we are proving to him how much we love him. That's why in the book of Matthew 28, verse number 18, when he speaks of a great commission, he said, Go and preach the gospel, baptize those who believe in my name and make them disciples of every nation teach them how to obey me teach them how to obey me obedience is a love language to christ when we obey him we really prove that lord will love you you are at the center of our lives you are the motivation for everything that we do your glory is the end goal of everything we want to achieve in life. We love you, Lord, with all of our hearts. Family, if we can put Christ at the center of our lives, I'm telling you, 2024 will be the best year for us. Let me land by saying this. There was a gentleman, the Bible says, he left his hometown. He went to a faraway uh, land. In that land, he discovered a hidden treasure. He did not say anything to anyone. He just went home, sold everything that belongs to him without even discussing with anyone. And then he came back and bought that land where he saw the hidden treasure. And the Bible says he dig that treasure out of where it was and, 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 and buried it again. Now, the value, the value of that, of, that, of, that, of that land, the value of the land where he saw the hidden treasure went up not because of, 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 of not because it was a good land, but because of the treasure that was buried in it. Let's say Christ is our treasure. For the Bible says that, for the Bible says that where your treasure is, there your heart will be. So this man found a treasure in a dry land. He went and sold what he had in a good land and came to buy that land. He did not buy the land because it was flowing milk and honey. He bought the land because he, he had discovered the treasure. Your value as a Christian goes up immediately when people discover Christ as a treasure in your heart. 
They start taking you serious at work because they can see there's a treasure in you. They start taking you serious at school because they can see that Christ is that hidden treasure there in your heart. I want you in this year, 2024, to take Christ and hide it as a treasure in your heart. And you will attract investors and people will be coming Left and right, they want to marry you, not because you are handsome, not because you are beautiful, but because they have discovered the treasure within you. My time is up, and I thank you for yours. God bless you, and have a wonderful afternoon. Amen. I want to pray now for people who who say, I want this Jesus in my life. I want him at the center of my life. I want him to transform me. The reason why I'm passionate about young guys who are in drugs and doing crime, you know, there are guys there in Guazakele, young, very young, 16. The youngest one was 14. The oldest one was about 16. They killed the two security guards, uh, 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 during the day, the, the, the securities were escorting the trucks that were delivering things at ShopRite. So they were waiting there behind ShopRite, relaxing. So these guys came from behind, uh, shot them at the back of their head, and they died, and they stole their firearms. Two of these guys were in our church. Two of these young guys, 14 and 16, were in our church. And the other one is still in prison. The 14-year-old one, one is still in prison. And the reason why I'm passionate about working with young guys in our society, it is because I myself, as well, before accepting Christ, I was in gangsterism. In myself as well, I went to prison for shooting someone at a very young age. Now, when Christ found me, or when I found Christ, I made it my mission that wherever God will use me, I will make sure that I reach out to young people. Even when they pass there the church carrying guns, I always stop them and said, listen, can we chat, can we talk? And then I begin to reach out to them with the gospel. So if Christ can really enter the life of criminals and transform them, the life of drug addicts and transform them, imagine if Christ can come into your life and stay at the center of your heart. How would your life become? So if you are here this morning and you say, Elijah, I want this Christ in my life. I want to live this Christ-centered life. Perhaps you are in the church for some time, but Christ has not been at the very center of your heart. Just want you where you are, you lift up your hand. I won't ask you to come forward. You will just raise up your hand, and I'm going to pray for you in the name of Jesus Christ. If that's you, you will just lift up your hand, and I will pray for you. Let's bow our heads as I pray. Heavenly Father, we come before your throne this morning, Lord. We really surrender our lives and our hearts before you. 
For we recognize, Lord, that you are the Lord, you are the King, you are the Master. You are the owner, you are the leader, you are the creator, you are the life giver. You are the source, Lord God, of everything that we have. Father, I pray for those that are here this morning, Lord, who wants to bring you back at your right position, which is the center of their hearts. I pray, Lord God, that you will do a miracle this morning, that you will enter, Father God, into their hearts, that you will transform their thinking, that you will transform and renew their minds in the mighty name of Jesus. I pray, Lord God, that this message will find, Lord God, a space in our hearts, that as we leave the church, Lord, this morning, we will leave the church, Father God, renewed, restored, healed, and revived. In the name of Jesus Christ, thank you for the people, Father God, that you have brought in your house this morning. May you, Lord, take your place in our hearts as we surrender our hearts to you. In the name of Jesus Christ, we thank you, Lord. Amen. Thank you very much, Sitle, and thank you very much, Church. Thank you for listening. Remember that our sermon audio and videos are also available on Shofar TV. Go to www.shofaronline.tv to download and share.